welcome to Stock Odds. This is another Stock Odds uh, podcast for you. Odds and ends with Rob Friesen and Dave Singh. Good evening, Rob. How are you? Not too bad, thank you. Going to go for a hike after this here. I mean, it's not evening. This is afternoon. So we don't have the futures open uh, yet to see what's going on. So we're kind of running blind here, Dave. We are a little bit blind, but we're, we're coming into a brand new month, the last two months of the year. This usually kicks off a lot of activity for the end of the year and also for the next six months, um, especially in the small caps. Um, I've, I've been checking out the seasonality almanac in stock odds and just to see what we can expect for the first day tomorrow of the month. And just to confirm that, I mean, IWM is expected to do quite well tomorrow and for the month. Uh, for the month, it's expected to outperform the spider by 2%, right? 5% on the IWM and 3% on the spider. And also, we're coming into um, the Christmas season, so we can expect a lot from retail. So I want to get your thoughts on that as well. And we've that's, had a big run, in, big run in technology that's kind of exhausted. So there's some big themes here. That, okay, um, let's let's pause. Let's pause for a moment with the Russell, um, because I think it's really critical for our listeners in in uh, making some money in November, because historically it's performed so well from November even through till you know April of the following year. So um, there's a key number um, on the IWM that uh, we need to get above. That was set on October the 26th. So you want to go back and, and look at your your calendar, your uh, chart there and look at uh, what the IWM has done as of the 26th. And if we can, um, you know, launch above that, um, then we are uh, clear sailing for going and testing the uh, high that we had um, set back in really in March, I think, uh, was kind of when it rolled over uh, and had been in a channel ever since. So, so we still we still haven't broken out of this long channel that we've had all year. But if we can clear uh, the October 26th, there should be a lot of um, follow through uh, getting us back towards that high because it's it's been it'll be you know five, six months in coming here, right? So yeah. you can see a lot of anticipation, especially on the back of what normally happens in November. So this is this is going to be very interesting how this all kind of comes together, okay? Mm -hmm. That level's about 230 on the IWM, so we're not very far from it. It'll be interesting to see if we can break through that. Great. Um, on How about retail? I mean, uh, we're starting the... I mean, the Christmas shopping season has started back in August. You go to a Costco, but um, this is typically the time to, that retail stocks outperform. I, I was watching the XRT. That's expected to do well this month, too, um, kind of like the small caps. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, the problem, the problem with some of these ETFs is you have to boil down what's actually inside them as well. So if we if we uh, take a look at let's say the top holdings in the XRT, that could give us some indication of of what the you know merits to that breakout might be kind of thing because we are we've also been in a little bit of a descending channel with that one right mm -hmm. uh, with with XRT itself. So I don't want to put like I don't want to you know use it for a proxy or 
use it for a hedge unless I kind of understand more what's going on with it. So I'm just going to put this in here and remind myself of what is in it. Well, I'm looking at the top 10 holdings. We've got Etsy, Buckle, Revolve, DoorDash, Boot Barn, CarMax, Carvana, Car Parts, American Eagle Outfitters, and Signet Jewelers. Some of these are mall location uh, stores. Um, three of them are have to do with automotive used cars. So it's a little mixed there. <clears throat> well, yeah, I mean, uh, let's see, what is... Yeah, some of like some of it's more uh, probably been under pressure because of this, uh, you know, reopening trade versus stay at home, mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, as people are expected to to get back out there, um, you know, m maybe some of those stocks that were so much in the lead as far as the stay home economy just, you know, pulled back and and really hurt this performance. But yeah, I agree with you. It's it's definitely something to watch and. Um, as far as that goes year over year, we're making new highs on the uh, things like Etsy and things like that. So, I mean, they're in, they're in the top 10, might be, you know, some leadership there. That's good. Um, I have concern here about the uh, FOMC, which is next week. Um, so they're supposed to mention about this taper, which mm -hmm. could start as early as November, 15 billion a month, which isn't a massive number, but that would continue until June of 2022. Um, and so, you know, this may be a case where the market shrugs, shrugs that off um, and just continues to power up going, well, we'll, we'll deal with, midterm elections and, and next year we'll deal with that when it comes kind of thing. Like it just seems that they really want to press the uh, upside on this market. Mm -hmm. And we're kind of facing, if you look at, just look at all of the indices together, whether NASDAQ, you know, Dow Jones, SPY, Russell, you're kind of looking at right now, many of the indicators are favorable and potentially a melt up situation in November through December. So, um, you know, this taper may not amount to anything, but, you know, it's uh, FOMC week coming up. And what typically happens is a bit of a, a pause, wait and see, usually a bit of a rally uh, actually in front of the FOMC, maybe the day of, even in the morning before the announcement. Um, and then we have seen some great follow through previously after the announcement. But this is the one that's supposed to be like, we're listening for something to do with this taper schedule. <clears throat> right. So that's why it's going to be kind of a bit tricky. Uh, we do start off the first trading day of the month is also the, the first of the month. And um, that starts on a Monday. So there's potentially this nice turn of the month effect. Um, we could, we have on our, our, our seasonality calendar, um, a bullish you know, sentiment for the first trading day of the month. Um, do you see any, anything that's flashing warning that we may have a, a down cycle? I know that like the futures aren't open yet and things like that, but, 
Um, we finished on such a strong note, it almost seems that people were trying to get ahead of, you know, and we didn't have that sort of discount. Even the NASDAQ popped back on Friday, right? So, I mean, it's lagging a little bit behind some of the other ones at the moment, but, um, you know, it did, it did finish on a relatively good note, and we're looking, all the signs seem to be follow through, and up we go. Any arguments to that? No, and even things like Tesla as an indicator of uh, risk appetite. I mean, that's had a huge rally in the past few days, like a last three-day streak as well. I looked at the um, streak vault that you have in stock odds, and I typed mm -hmm. in Tesla there. It's had a three-day streak. I wanted to see what it's, it's expected to do, uh, to continue to do well and continue to go up, whereas the NASDAQ, uh, it's expected to at least be flat or slightly up. So. There is something to this follow through from, I think bigger than that is the, the turn of the month effect. That's really going to help push things through. And what's um, popping up here is um, sectors like biotech, XBI, IBB. These are expected to do well on the first day of November. Uh, do, you, do you have any comments on um, healthcare in terms of the last um, bit of the year, month of November? I mean, any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, the, the biotechs and healthcare generally do have a reasonable showing in like November, December. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, uh, it's, there's a, there's a lot of things that fire on all cylinders just because the breadth of the market has usually been so good. So, you know, let's, this, let's say you are having trouble finding any shorts to sort of offset things with what, what would you tend to do? If you could just find good longs, but you didn't have a lot of shorts, how would you sort of protect yourself in case we had a surprise? Mm -hmm. Any thoughts? I mean, I think it'd be safe to short some of the big cap, especially with this undercurrent of small cap um, outperformance. So, so how would you how would you focus on um, on identifying the larger market cap stocks that really don't have as much growth? potential as much upside as some of the smaller caps some of the uh the real growth names like where would you how would you identify what would you screen for to find these boring you know mature things yeah maybe peg ratio or pe um some of the lower pe or lower peg ratio um, stocks uh, that could be one source Peg is, is, is forward earnings of uh, five-year yeah. divided by growth, right? Yeah, price-to-earnings growth. That could be one one way to identify some, but still in the large-cap and mega-cap arena. And um, I think really just the theme is the stuff that everyone wants to own and they're willing to pay a premium for at the open or just at the beginning of the month. They're going to want to buy Apple. They want to own Microsoft and Google. These are a safe hedge um, to short. I think as, as any. So how much are the inflation hedges in play placed right now? Like you think the focus is still going to be inflation. We still have, we don't have any arguments yet for oil to really retrace. We still got a bottleneck there. We've still got uh, bottlenecks all across the consumer front and the commercial front trying to get things. Uh, we still have the log jam of containers and lack of employees, lack of, you know, trucking, things like that. So you think the inflation hedges are still, you know, in play here? 
I think they're still in play, but you got you have people like Janet Yellen still insisting that we're going to go back to two percent inflation rate, that this is transitory. I know Powell said the same thing, and somehow either that they're they're talking in their book or they just don't see it, but um, they really do feel like this is uh, transitory. And technology, well, the consumer is going to feel, you know, what's in front of them right now, right? It's just the same problem you have in trading in general. When something goes up, you think it's going to continue up forever. When it goes down, you think it's going to fall to zero. That's that's the sentiment that comes into play. It's very hard. It's it's very different than consumer mentality of going shopping and seeing a red tag sale, mm -hmm. because when you when you want an item and you have a red tag sale, you're going to be like, I'm all over it. I, I want that. And it's different because you're buying it, you know, either with cash or credit, but you're not expect. it doesn't matter if it goes to zero, you want the item. When it comes to the stock market, it's completely different. When something is going down and you're, you know, the fear element would come in and say it's going to go to zero. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really hard to get that discount mentality in place of like, hey, this is really uh, attractive price and, um, and had have the forward looking that, that, you know, this thing can cycle back up. Plus, if you're using leverage, it even gets more difficult, right, to, mm -hmm. to be in there buying discount, right, or selling selling premium for that matter, right? Yeah. But I, I'm taking a look here at these very large cap um, stocks, Microsoft, Google, Tesla, and Visa, right? And the fact that they're doing so well with cloud and revenue and making money and growing their businesses, and these are technology-derived businesses. Uh, it, these are actually deflationary a little bit longer term, maybe six months out, one year out. And the fact that they're doing so well, this could be a countercurrent to inflation. And like, look at Visa, right? Um, that the fact that you can have things like Square and low-cost ways of competition with Visa, um, these are all de deflationary. So maybe, maybe people like Janet Yellen are correct. This is well, mandatory, and it's not going to go forever. There's a number of things that have to be brought into the equation when you're talking inflation, which is the velocity of the money and so on. And and at this moment, we still haven't seen a massive rise in, in velocity. Um, so in that sense, would agree with some parties that have talked about that. Um, but, um, you know, the, the problem is that technology is really the argument for a decrease uh, of of expenses, right? A decrease of the cost of goods um, as technology improves. Well, with this massive bottleneck in um, chips, which you every industry, you know, almost every technology out there is using chips, and the big disruptor that could come in, which is not really a black swan because people are talking about it and kind of thinking about what might happen. And that is if China went and moved on Taiwan, you've got a Taiwan semiconductor is the largest foundry in the world as far as producing these chips. So that could cause that disruption of, of you know, spiking inflation, you know, even higher and be, could be totally disruptive to technologies in general, right? Because like I said, most industries rely on technology of some sort and chips are a big part of that. Correct. So... That's that's why this this thing is probably going to continue to, you know, move higher, sort of adjusting for inflation, but but also you know looking forward to, you know, the technology impact and 
I think both parties can be right at the end of the day. The trouble is when, mm -hmm. right? That's always the thing. <laughs> you know, have you ever taken a trade where you were right, but you were early, so you were wrong? <laughs> you yeah. were wrong and then you were right? <laughs> have you ever done that? <laughs> I think we all have, right? When is just as important as how much and right timing. Timing is. I, I had this one trader that was like, you know, I called him. Uh, I called him two days early. So everything he did, it was right, but he was two days early on it, and so he got run over. Um, and it was it was just incredible. It was like persistent. Two days early. Two days early on everything. <laughs> because he was going after he was going after the volatility and sort of the reversals that he was expecting, but he was just mm -hmm. early on it. So, you know, good note to self, and that is you can have the right idea, and you can just be out of sync on timing completely. Uh, I guess that goes back to the big short too, right? Yeah. <laughs> the right idea very early. <laughs> But um, yeah, I think so. Keep an eye for our audience there. Keep an eye on uh, the crypto. Uh, I think that some of that argument is uh, hedging against uh, inflation. Um, I think that, um, you know, there's still so much of a, a risk on mentality. Like we've we've come out of even though you're seeing a taper talk, even though you're seeing a reduction of stimulus money and all the other different programs, the true effect of all of those, you know, all of that quantitative printing, all that money uh, on every aspect that's gone on, has that blown completely through, mm -hmm. right? I don't think so. I think it's the same argument as the bottlenecks that have occurred now because of the lockdown. I think that none of that or very, very little of it has actually blown through yet, right? Mm -hmm. So what is going to happen yet before this is over? We could see a big melt up in the market. We could see a big repositioning of assets. As the longer this goes, the more people think it's going to be here forever. Mm -hmm. and, you know, I think it's kind of like that chart on lumber. You know, the lumber went straight up. Mm -hmm. And straight back down to where it came from. But if you were caught on either side of that, either the, the seller on the way up or the buyer on the way down, you know, mm -hmm. you got run over. I mean, it was yeah. that steep on both sides. Mm -hmm. So um, that's probably what's going to happen. The market will be very, very steep for a long period of time. And then when it rolls over, everybody will have been taught how to continuously buy dips <laughs> and mm -hmm. as it pulls back they'll get run over so they'll need to learn to to hedge or learn to, to work the short side for a change so Very all right good. well all right. um and anything else on the specific groups uh you talked about the russell um any other uh, commodities or things that you plugged in for seasonality you know, it just looks like um, some of the biotech might be good. Oil should be strong still. XLI and the chips, those are some of the ones that should be good for tomorrow. Okay. And, um, yeah. Well, just, just watch out for specific news stock, uh, stock news sometimes. Like, for example, American Airlines, another one of the airlines that canceled 1,500 flights this weekend. Um, you know, we've got uh, the EU is, uh, and the U.S. have agreed to lift some steel tariffs. Not sure how we had earnings on U.S. Steel on Friday, was it? Um, 
and I, you know, popped up. But I think that, uh, you know, just be carefully steel stocks. I'm not sure which way they're going to go based on this news. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it favors importation for the U.S. rather than exportation. So just keep that in mind. Um, so just, you know, it, you can always, if you're, if you're, if you're using a statistical approach, you can always take out the news items if you so choose, right? And and it doesn't mean you you know you you won't look back and go oh I, nothing would have happened if I'd have left it in it or I would have made money if I'd have left it in it that's fine but everyone has to decide whether you're trading all symbols regardless or whether you account for that and you want more the business as usual sort of, sort of boring you know not specific news okay so each person has to decide that for themselves. Um, I think at the end of the day, I prefer to be in the boring is beautiful category rather than have to, you know, outthink and out, you know, outsmart the news, right? Mm -hmm. But, um, but you know, you can make your choice. Okay. All good. All right. Good thoughts. Well, thanks, thanks for a good session here, and um, we'll catch you later, Gator. Bye. Right.